everybody. Welcome to the Attractions Group Podcast. This is our third and final day at the IAPO Expo 2022. And it has been yet another whirlwind of a day, hasn't it, Don? It has been, you know, a lot of walking around, but, uh, you know, today we had an opportunity to, you know, look at a lot more things than, you know, we had a chance to when we were recording a lot of different interviews and that, but uh, take a closer look at some of the products and uh, different things that are being offered here. Yeah, we did a lot more of the shorts too. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, uh, go to our YouTube channel, search for the Attractions Group podcast on YouTube, and you can see a bunch of shorts just for a small taste of what's going on at IAPA. Don, what did you see today that was impressive? You know, I tried a couple of the VR <laughs> type of experiences. Uh, you know, it's amazing what you can do now uh, with that. So, uh, you know, I had a chance to take a look at that. Uh, got to try some of the different uh, food samplings that they had. That was something we weren't able to do the first couple of days. And uh, then just, you know, just, you know, connect with some, some people again today that, uh, you know, I've known throughout the years uh, and just be able to sit down and, and have some conversation with them, see how they're doing and talk about why they're here. And, you know, some of them have their own booth and, uh, you know, just to be able to catch up with them has been nice. Yeah, it really has been nice. Um, I think the thing I, I got to ride that um, Zamperla Nebula and that ride, I thought would look impressive, but the, the ride experience would be kind of, eh. Well, that wasn't the case. It was really, really neat. You go one direction, yeah. uh, and I, when you go backward, it's like got foot choppers because those arms are coming the other direction. And then when you go forward, it has like airtime. So it was a really, really cool experience. I got to do it. I always wanted to ride those. We'll see if they're being, they're, they're being installed all over the place, but uh, this is the first time I've actually gotten to ride it. So Yeah, I mean, up close, it looks really, really impressive, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, like you said, you're starting to see them popping up you know, throughout the country now. Yeah. Well, IAPA is a place of uh, where you get like a lot of the most innovation and you see like what's up next. And one of the companies that's been turning a lot ahead, it's been around for a long time, but recently kind of like, it's kind of floating to the top of the pile is Vacoma International in the Netherlands. Uh, we had the opportunity to talk to Bram and Karen. Uh, there's two of the spokespeople for Vacoma and we're talking a little bit about their uh, their new installation at Dollywood, the Big Bear Mountain, as well as their new tilt coaster concept. And this is what they had to say about that. All right, I'm with Brom and Karen here from Vacoma, very famous coaster manufacturing company. Uh, they're here to talk about some of their new products. So Karen, we got Big Bear Mountain at Dollywood. What are your thoughts on that? It's going to be massive. It's the largest roller coaster that is going to get to Dollywood, and it will be Vicoma's first launch, family launch coaster. So we're really excited to get that over to Dollywood for next year's opening up in spring 23. Yeah, we're very excited. You guys have that family uh, inverted coaster there that's really fun. Drag is it it Dragon? It will have three launches. I know, that's yeah. so neat. So, um, so Dollywood is a park that's just a few hours from me, so I go there and visit often. Super excited about it. We're going to show you the train and everything. Um, it, uh, the train looks amazing. It really does. It's got like the mud that kicked up. It really looks like trucks and yeah, all that. It, it fits just within the theming because the uh, the park explorer and that Oakley people can just get in the train and join in with the onboard audio and search for the Bear and Big Bear Mountain. So we had the SUV coach that is just really themed and fits within the whole theme area. It's going to be in Wildwood Grove, so we already have the suspended family coaster Dragonfly over there. So this one is going to join it as well. And awesome. it will be of almost 3,995 feet long. So it's just like two coasters in one. That's so cool. That's, that's so exciting. Rom, so 
Uh, Codalan, you guys are doing the new tilt coaster. That looks terrifying. Tell me more about the tilt coaster. Yeah, we have uh, tilt, uh, tilt coaster one, tilt coaster two planned uh, all right. So uh, it will be uh, the same layout, but it's upgraded. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, what can I say more about it? I think. Yeah, we did some uh, re-engineering. So we yeah. had the first tilt coaster for 20 years ago exactly. installed in Taiwan. So yes. we did some uh, new engineering that's compatible with a new ride system for the MK1101 train. Okay. And this one, the first one is going to uh, Codaland, so at uh, Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. So we're really excited about this one for coming to the US. Mm -hmm. And it's going to have a, a very, very nice and thrilling layout. But at the height of 45 meters, you will just have the six seesaw just tilting. Can you imagine that you are in the back seat just looking, looking at the down. steep drop? I uh, am terrified at the thought, honestly. Yeah, it's a really thrilling ride. So n without getting too technical, um, how does the train like lock in so it can stay in that position? I've always been curious about that because I imagine normal brakes won't hold it for that, will they? Yeah, we have safety system built in. Okay. So it will hold the train. Yeah. So yeah, we got a double safety system that holds it and it's really? based on the hydraulic system. Oh, that's so cool. That's coming out. Okay, so uh, for the for the tilt coaster though, um, does it have a lift tilt at the top or does it have an elevator or how does that work? It has a lift tilt? Yeah. Okay, is there um, any kind of like height limitation or can you make that thing we can like, for now we can go up to 60 meter height 60 meters so yeah. far yeah and awesome we did some extra engineering on it so you have less movement when there is strong wind of course mm -hmm. so uh, we stabilize it that's actually right now in our backyard at our uh, test facility uh, in, the, in the netherlands so we are testing it right now rounding up in december so yeah it's just awesome to see uh, and just check really it out nice. Yeah, you guys have a lot of exciting things going on. Vacoma's been around for a really long time in the industry, from for industry standards. Um, it's almost a completely different company now. Uh, it's it's you know very much top of the game for innovation, quality, uh, and so on. So that's really cool to see. Um, what are some other like products that you guys have that you would want to just kind of mention here that maybe the viewers wouldn't know about? We have uh, added different uh, products in our product portfolio, uh, more thrilling rides because Vekoma has always been into the family rides, okay. but we try to combine family and thrill. Um, what we got in Asia is the Renegade uh, uh, looping coaster, also with the Top Gun, and in Far Up Summerland in Denmark we got the first Wildcat uh, coaster with the world's first stall loop. So okay. that is a pretty exciting one, it's just with left coaster that you just uh, have the uh, go through to the station so people in the queue line see the train going up with 60 kilometers an hour near misses a lot of airtime moments so we're really excited about that one as well awesome awesome we have, uh, last but not least the flying coaster yes Europe, yeah so uh at, at my home park they had until recently they had a flying dutchman uh the old flying coaster uh and that was retired uh about five years ago at this point uh, but the new ones, they load a little bit differently, right? Don't they load in like a sitting position and then twist? Can you can you talk about that? Like how, how you load into the new flying coaster? Yeah, this uh, like a seat and it will twist when you get into the lounge. Mm -hmm. So um, it's nothing compared it's not, with the old flying Dutchman. It's a spaghetti of track going up <laughs> and forth and uh, two launches. 
and uh, we are really excited about that one as well nothing yeah. but raving reviews mm -hmm. and uh, infotainment and you just get in your seat you have the dark ride area and at some point you will be in the hanging position and you can just fly it's just amazing feeling it's a great experience yeah, yeah i've heard about that it's uh there so for some of these rides it's um you know there's dark ride elements yes in which you can actually be in almost like a sitting position right yes and then you can go back to the flying position. Yeah, That's you will be rotated 90 degrees, so you'll be hanging under the track in your flying position, mm -hmm. and then you will be launched. So that's just an amazing experience. There's nowhere else in the world. All right, so one last question i got to ask. I know that when you guys work on these projects, that you know each one is kind of your baby. Brom, what's your favorite Vacoma coaster that you've been involved with? Um, then it's the flying coaster. The flying the coaster. Yeah. Awesome. It's really, really great. It's an awesome idea. What about you, Karen? I love fly and I have been to Phoenix and in Denmark, so I love the Wildcat as well. It's awesome. just so cool, so smooth. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, so uh, what's your website and what are your social media channels for those who want to learn more? Yeah. Uh, it's Vicoma.com. It's our website. Okay. And our Instagram is VicomaWise. Uh, Manufacturing. manufacturing yeah so. we are on instagram facebook yeah and linkedin all right well we'll link you guys in the description for this video so hopefully yeah. we can drive some traffic but thank you guys so much congratulations on a very very strong year for new installations going into 2023 and i, I wish you guys the best moving forward thank you Lots so much so for coming much. by Th thank you so thank much you. hey i really appreciate it guys now sometimes at iapa you walk around and you see all the new shiny toys uh, but you also see some of the toys that have been around forever, you know, well over 100 years. And we had a chance today to sit down with Tom Revy and his daughter Janine from the Philadelphia Toboggan Coasters Incorporated. Here's what they had to say. Ready? Right, here we go. All right, today three of the IAPA Expo, and we're excited to be joined right now by Tom Revy and his daughter Janine. They're with the Philadelphia Toboggan Coasters Incorporated. And Tom, for you, 45 years now with the company. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, amazing. Uh, I'm I when I started here, I just came so I could find a better job, and I've always said that along all along the way. When I find a better job, I'm out of here. Here we are, 45 years later, and drag somebody else along with me. She's now here 12 years with me. Full time. Yeah. Full time, yeah. So, I mean, you got to wonder, like, where did the time go? But, uh, you know, when you're involved in this industry and, you know, just creating all the fun and magic and everything for guests, I mean, it just flies by, doesn't it? It does. And in, in just this week, I mean, we'll go home, we'll get everything unpacked, we'll talk about it, what we want, what we like, what we're going to change. And then we start planning probably around January, February for, for the show. That sounds crazy that it's that far away, but time goes by quick, and we are busier than heck. So we got to fit everything into the schedule, and we got to make time and make changes for here. Those cars that we, you know, we use it. I hate taking them apart and just tossing away the uh, side panels. So we save them, but we always put come up with a new paint scheme on them, make it look pretty. And uh, every year that. If we have a new project going on, we get the permission from the park and we paint the car up to look like what they're going to have and awesome. exhibit that. That's the easiest part. But yeah, 45 years of doing this, 38 shows out of 45. So. Awesome. 
Janine, what was it like growing up in a uh, family that was, uh, the family business was roller coaster cars? <laughs> yeah, so it was unique, but I really, I don't know anything different. So my first show was when I was three. Came down here with my dad, but my mom, obviously, she and I would just scour the show floor and ride the rides, taste the food, come back and check on my dad, need me to sit in the coaster car to model <laughs> a small child. Um, but yeah, growing up, it gave me the opportunity to be able to travel to amusement parks across the U.S., amusement parks across the world, uh, and IAPA's summer meetings, if they were somewhere unique or once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, Tom would bring me along. Drag, so. drag her out of school. Then she went to that college thing, and I wanted to take her to China with me. I had finals. Oh, that's right, you can make them up. No, I can't. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life sometimes gets in the way. But, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I didn't plan on being here, much like Tom. And I, when I graduated from college with my teaching degrees, it was a little of a slow hiring time in the teaching industry and I had worked summers when I was a teenager filing and helping out in the office between jobs so there was an opportunity that they needed someone in the office and I came aboard to just fill that temporary position and temporary became permanent pretty quickly <laughs> so yeah I love it well, that's the thing. I mean, if you love what you do, it never seems like a job. So that if you can find that situation, I mean, it, it's well, it doesn't get any better than that. But you know, Philadelphia Toboggan Company, our coasters uh, now. Uh, you know, you've been there 45 years, but it goes way back longer than that. So uh, talk about uh, just kind of you know how long it's been around and just kind of the evolution of CCC. It's going to be 120 years old next year. And, uh, you know, I sit back and I look at just some of these pictures and, and we have archives. We've got over 8,000 photos, 5,000 drawings, and they date back to the early teens. And, uh, we have the original bedroom books for uh, corporate meetings, and I just love it. I go upstairs, and sometimes I'll sneak up there, I don't want anybody find me and I just want to be left alone. You pull these old dusty ledger books out, just sit and turn and read the, the, the handwriting of all the, the meetings and what went on in 1938 or 1922. It, it's the history of this company is just amazing. The one thing I'm very strongly knew when I took over was preserving all these all these photographs of preserving all these drawings so it took a 15-year project to get done have everything scanned digitized it's all cataloged it's and there's copies of it and there's backups to that and we have the originals all in acid group folders just the history of the company the rides it built the you know, it built log flumes, it built swimming pools, it built fun houses, panther cars, and, and, and it's just love this kind of stuff. And growing up as a kid, 
I love putting stuff together. So when I came to work here, I, yeah, it's you know, start out with drilling floorboards for the cars and and uh, in the CNO, they're like, well, this is how you assemble this. And then I started to learn how to read blueprints and I'm assembling cars. And nine months later, I'm foreman of the company. And, and I'm figuring, well, I'm just here temporarily. I'll be able to find a better job. And, uh, 16 years later, I'm general manager. And, and uh, my old boss, Sam, was, and he was a great guy. And just, I uh, want to sell the company to you. We're going to close it. But that's that opportunity knocking thing my mom, mom always told me about. It. And I just, all right, we'll make this work. And uh, scary as heck. I didn't want to see something with this history just fade away. I mean, there, there are too many companies. Like Lussie Brothers, Bumper Brothers, that's a perfect example. Yeah. Gone. Family is gone. They had no, no interest in it. Ray kept it right up to his death. But, uh, I want to carry this on. And I've been lucky enough. My health's been good. And, oh, yeah, I busted myself up here and there and you know, falling off of things. So, you know, Horses and motorcycles, and nothing. But. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things you know, you're obviously known for, for roller coasters and, and the cars, but uh, carousels. Yeah. Were, were a big thing back in the early 1900s for uh, PTC, and uh, you know, talk about that a little bit. But, uh, from 1902 to 1937, there was 87 carousels uh, were built by the company. There was only 40 or maybe 41 left in existence. Um, we track them. The uh, Carousel Association, they're great to work with. And, uh, we've got drawings on them. And there's, there's any time that somebody needs some information or they're looking for a part, send me a picture, send me the dimensions, let me see. We might have it upstairs. We have it above our stock room. We have like a, a not an arcade, yeah. Just a stock, a pile of parts from Parasol and Crazy Daisy rides and things we did. Uh, you never know. Our closest Carousel to us is uh, PTC number 59. It's in Peddler's Village at the New Hope, Pennsylvania. And the next one would be Hershey Park. And it's nice when they, hey, we got a question. Even down here at the Magic Kingdom. Their carousel the PTC because I'm just excited. Sometimes it doesn't. Okay, so you mentioned uh, you know such a history behind the company. You know, uh, you know over a hundred years. What's the next hundred years look like for the PTC? This is yes, a question sir. for both of you. You know, <laughs> you know the next hundred years, uh, we definitely plan to be around. Uh, I would love to live the next 100 years. I was going to ask if you're going to work that, for the 100 years. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we keep great relationships with our customers, and there's a reason why they come back to PTC for either rehabbing or updating, uh, moving on to the next thing we can offer that. So... I think we will still stay in the business of roller coasters. Uh, we often are asked, will you start building them from the ground again? You know, soup to nuts. Yeah. You know, 
opportunities are endless and you can't predict the future. That's what I like to say. And we have a lot of drawings. So who knows? Yeah. Well, Janine, let me ask you this. When Tom mentioned when he first started there, you know, he started drilling, you know, on the floorboards and things like that. And then he learned how to read blueprints and then how to put the cars together. Do you know how to do all of that now? I do, uh, to an extent. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I didn't start on a drill press. I, you know, I started in the file department organizing. That's my specialty. But when things are busy, like this winter, we need an extra set of hands. I can put on my work boots, put on my work jeans, and head out to the shop. And uh, I can put your lap bars together, your mechanisms together. You need your chassis bolted. I'm right there jumping in the guys and girls on the shop floor. That's one of the things that I told her when we got busy. I said, if you're going to stay here, you need to know what you're talking about. You go to shows, you go to visit customers. So come out with me. We're going to start putting chassis together for this job because we need an extra set of hands and you're going to learn. So try to keep up. And we just... We go out and she, she's right there behind me and she's to the point where everything's laid out. She knows what parts go where, how to make the measurements, make everything, and how to, how to run the pneumatic guns, so what the torque wrench specs are. So uh, she's pretty good at it. All right, we'll talk about, uh, you know, here on, at the show. So 38 years for you. Uh, you know, how's the week gone for you? I missed it. How's the week gone for you down here? Oh, how the week's gone? It's a whirlwind. <laughs> yes, it's day three. And I, yesterday was nonstop. Today, it was like, uh, good morning, everybody. And the show starts at 10 o'clock. About 10.01, we had customers yeah. come in and sat down with us. They were, they were at the gate ready to run. And, I gotta, I gotta say one thing about the, about the history of Point. We had a park come to us and sat down. They had an issue, and they said we're looking to do this. And of all the manufacturers we deal with, we want you to figure out if we can do this and how we can do this. We want to work with. And we're just kind of sitting here going, okay, and why us? And they said because you're the best ones to work with. Oh. And I'm sitting here like, what? He goes, you are the easiest, and you get along, and you understand what we want to do, and we have a good relationship with you. And that, yesterday, just, I was like, I'll go home now. I'm just happy as to be. Yeah. You hear something like that. So, uh, you know, currently with PTC, just, just uh, what's the current status of the company? How many employees do you have? How big's your facility? things like that I, I've just always been curious because I know that these companies on the outside looking in you think that roller coaster manufacturers have hundreds of employees doing this and that but it's usually not it's usually in the dozens how many do you have a dozen a dozen okay one dozen <laughs> we've got a dozen employees we got uh, one full-time dog that comes to work every day there's occasionally wiener dogs come in occasionally some Labradors come in uh, Everybody in the shop loves the dogs, uh, and like I, said, like I said, two of my employees have one dog, and they don't want to leave at home all day long. They bring it in with them. And 
have no problem with that. So dog-friendly work environment. There I like you go. to hear that. Dog-friendly work environment. Um, we have some uh, outside vendors that we deal with. But, uh, the building itself, 46,000 square feet, 280 feet long by 160 feet wide. We utilize 36,000 square feet of it for a machine shop, weld shop, wood shop, paint shop, assembly shop, disassembly area, wheel areas, deep greasing areas, uh, the office, of course, the office area, and then the upstairs is our archives. Uh, outside the property, you know, there's a couple acres. And, you know, it's, a, it, it's all maintained by pretty much everybody in house. Uh, I've got one guy who you can, if something goes wrong, you could you could give him a tin can and a chicken heart. He'll make a wanker rotor engine out of the thing. <laughs> he just he's one of these MacGyver guys. He figures things out and makes it work better. Uh, so things going on the outside. Hey, well, we're a little slow now. It's summertime. Guys will grab weed waggers, pruners, they'll go out and take care of the trees, you know, take care of the property in general. But, but yeah, inside, we're busy, we're busy. And I imagine you have a busy season and yeah. a not busy season. Oh, I can, I can pull the security cameras up for the inside of the building and you can see how many cars we have stocked up. We got the Blue Street cars in, we've got cars from Ventureland. Six Flags, a couple trains are in there. So right after Halloween, you guys Pretty just get much. inundated with shipments because Pretty that's much. when all the seasonal flies. Yeah. Occasionally there's a park who'll say, can I send you one train now and uh, send the other one like after Halloween? Bring it on, bring it on. Sooner we get them, sooner we'll get them back to you. Yeah, it probably works out yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, what we do is a total tear down right back to where it started. If the train gets sent out, Wheel frames get sent out, clutch uh, assemblies get sent out, everything gets sent out, and bacon soda blast, environmentally friendly. Uh, and it's also good for the chassis because it's a steel and aluminum build. Everything that gets the paint taken off, and then it gets all NDT by an outside service that comes in first. And that's when things start getting crowded up because we, we plan so many days with them. And they, we rush through everything we can possibly get through. Not rush, but like we yeah. have it all lined up and ready to go. And uh, so it, that, that keeps the weld shop busy and a couple of machine shops busy, a couple of extra long days. But uh, once it's done, yeah. it passes inspection, reports are made out, everything's in a crate, everything's on a pallet, everything's got a tag, everything. Traceability and who touched it last, and who's where he dropped it off, and who took over the next point. It gets primed, it gets painted, it gets fixed, it gets put back together, fully reassembled, and we get it out of the way and start to get the next job in there. And we usually have two or three different parts running at the same time, so everything has got to be coordinated. And traceability is the biggest thing with us. So when we make that report out. All the documents from the testing company is what we hand it apart. Here you go. Then they just take it. State inspector comes in. This is what we did there. Good enough for us. They know us. How long does the process take? So from the time the train's dropped off until the time it's ready to be rolling stock again, typically speaking? We usually tell parts 
five to six months, and it depends on how much, how busy we are, and if, where they stand on the pecking order. You know, hey, I got my contract back to you. I got everything. Everything is dated in our whiteboard in our conference room, so we keep keep track of that. But it's five to six months. But I like tell, telling them that just because I know in about four and a half months it'll be done. We had, uh, during the pandemic, we were in the middle of a building for a park. And I don't know if you want me to say the park. Probably not. Okay, <laughs> okay don't say the park. Okay. And they were getting two new, brand new trains and everything stopped, everything went still. I walked around the, the office, the shop every single day to make sure nothing's leaking or smoking and uh, just started doing day, day you know day-to-day -day videos thing. then we got back to work and we got the train back and I got a very nice email from the chief engineer saying we can't get parts right now we can't get things out of vendors and now I have a vendor who sends me two new trains 30 days early <laughs> That, yeah. that meant a lot to me, and, and you know, they, it helped them out too. When they were allowed to open back up, you know, they they were ready and had everything set to go. Awesome. Where customer service is a huge point of, you know, our relationship through the industry. So number one is we like to be a safety leader, and number two is we work with our customers. When do they need things? How do they want them? And you know we're here to we're here to make everybody feel like they're our only customer, even though they know there's others out there. Relationships are are key. That's a little tough sometimes with the big theme parks because they got so many different rides that we do and, and try to make each one feel good. But I know they pass it on to each other and they're like, hey, you know what they did for us? And they go, they did that to us too. We thought we're the only ones. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so you mentioned that you were doing these like live videos and stuff. Do you guys have a social media presence and where can people find you? Oh yeah. Just... So our website is www.philadelphiatobacconcoastersinc.com. It's a long one, but it's easy to remember as long as you know our name. We're on Facebook, Philadelphia Toboggan Coasters, Inc. And we also are on Instagram, Philadelphia underscore Toboggan underscore Coasters. So. I get to see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless, the content keeps rolling. Right? She, yeah. she takes care of it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. True honor. Uh, oh, great. Oh, uh, just, just so happy we could hook up and do this. And, and like a, I apologize again because we had to bow out yeah, yeah well, there's a lot going on and you know you're, you're always busy and uh you know we yeah. just appreciate the time that you were able to give us you know here today we have four dogs at home and one of them swallows something that all of a sudden you're, <laughs> you know it's just got to take care of it so, so. Yeah. Awesome. well thank you guys so much all right yeah, guys we look forward to doing it again Janine thank and you. tom build it up for tobogganing thanks good seeing you awesome You know, Don, touching on to, um, you know, innovation and some of the rides that are really kind of exciting. We had uh, Chris Roberry. Uh, we did a short interview with him. Uh, he's from Ride Entertainment. They represent uh, some of the, as they say, 
best ride manufacturers in the world. Uh, can't really disagree with that in some cases. They do Fun Time and they do uh, Gerschlauer. Uh, they have some really interesting products, uh, some really cool things, uh, including an off-roading vehicle, which is like a go-kart, which I thought was really cool. This is what he had to say. Three of the IAPA Expo. We're here with Chris Broberry from Ride Entertainment. Uh, Chris, tell us what you're doing here. We have been so busy at the Expo this year. It's been wonderful getting to reconnect with all of our clients, uh, been running back and forth between the Gerslauer booth and Ride Entertainment, showing off all the new products that we have available. It's really an exciting time. It's the best week of the year, really. Well, you mentioned how busy you are. I would imagine you haven't really had a chance to go around and walk the floor. No, it's funny. that I've actually seen quite a bit of the floor from our Gerstlauer booth, which is about four booths that way, uh, to our ride entertainment booth. So that section's been lovely. All right. <laughs> but we've been really busy. It's been great. So I've always been curious about this. What is what is Ride Entertainment's relationship with Gerslauer? So think of it like this. Ride Entertainment is a sports agent okay. to the best brands in the attractions industry. Okay. So think of us like Jerry Maguire, right? So we're yeah. they get to focus on doing what they do best, which is make incredible attractions. And then we get to do it best, which is bring those out to all the different parks and attractions and uh, bring them to you, the guests. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so... I mean, you're here with obviously Gerschlauer is a is a big client of yours here in the United States. What are your some some of your favorite installations of Gerschlauer rides from your well, personal standpoint? All right, so I'm a little impartial because I had a chance to visit it this year. But Defiance at Glenwood Caverns okay. is probably one of the most stunning rides you will ever see. It's on the top of a 2,000 foot mountain, and the views are just spectacular. But there's a caveat: they're spectacular if you keep your eyes open because it's a beyond vertical drop and it's right off the side of a cliff. So it's pretty impressive to say the least. But that one, for views, you cannot beat it. Awesome. You know, you come down here, um, what were you looking to accomplish, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, throughout the expo, you were here like four or five days, you know, what's kind of like when you're planning for this, what you're looking to accomplish? Planning to make sure I have very comfortable shoes. But the big thing is, to reconnect with our clients, those that we've been talking with throughout the whole year, or meet brand new ones who come to us and say, hey, we want to do something or we have an idea. We'd like to see if you guys can make it come to fruition. And we're all about making sure that happens. So is it more about uh, you know getting deals done or more about just uh, creating awareness that uh, you're here, here's what we can do for you? It's a little bit of both. It really depends on where the client is. So if they want to make a deal, then by all means, we're happy to do that. But for a lot of other people, it's let me see what you got and let me think about that and then sort of get that process started. All right. Well, talk about, uh, you know, you have a car on display here. Talk about that. So this is one of our newest partners, Longfish Leisure, and this is their mini safari car. This thing is incredible. Uh, we haven't had a chance to test drive it yet, but <laughs> at least on the show floor. Uh, but it can uh, it's totally autonomous. It's trackless. It can go on any different rather it can go on any type of surface it can go through water it can run in the snow think of it at the coolest opportunity for your kids to get behind the wheels of a vehicle it goes about three miles an hour so you can walk right along with your child as you're going on it uh, a parent can ride with their child if they want to and this thing's got torque because it's all electric it's an all-day battery and man it's all purpose it can it can go anywhere and this one is a land rover defender it's styled just like the real thing you know for, for kids you know a lot of times uh, you know when you look at things like the antique cars and those kind of rides turnpike cars that's their first driving experience mm -hmm. so 
for this, for a lot of kids, that's going to be the first time they ever get behind the wheel of a vehicle. And get this, this is the best part about it, is that it can go anywhere. You don't have to have a track, per se. You can just have a small wilderness area. And if they want to just go and pretend like they're going off-road, just sort of a set course set up, but you don't necessarily have to have it on a concrete trough. It can go anywhere and pretty much do anything. So is it autonomous? Like you, you set the parameters of where you want it to go and they hop in and it goes? Is that how it works? The only parameters are what you, the driver, want to do. So you can just sort of set up the you know, certain guardrails and barriers if you want, or just have them just drive it around okay. and come on back. Oh, that's so cool, that's so cool. Are there any other uh, new products you guys are, are especially excited about this year? Yes, but we can't talk about them just yet. So there's, a, <laughs> there's always that, just wait till next year, right? There's really more coming for that one a few times, right? So stay tuned, because you never know what we might be announcing next. Yeah, now one other question uh, that we want to ask you about is, you know, you've been involved with the industry for quite a while. Uh, you have the pandemic. Um, you know, you, last year we're starting to rebound a little bit. You feel this year the vibe that it is now kind of back to normal as close as it has been since the pandemic part? I definitely, if, if you can feel a, a real positive vibe on the show floor, it feels like pre-pandemic in terms of people want to get out there, they want to see the new products, and they want to put them into their facilities. And that's a great sign to see, not just for, for us at Ride Entertainment, but for the attractions industry as a whole, because the rising tide lifts all boats. All right, well, Chris Rowberry, Ride Entertainment, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys, appreciate you. Hey. Nice to see you again. Thank you so much. Well, I sure wish they had that off-road go-kart vehicle <laughs> uh, when I was a kid. I would have loved that, wouldn't you? You know, I would have loved it as a kid, but also, remember, you know, adults can ride it, too. Absolutely, you know. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, it was always really neat to see a lot of the people around the park, around around the park, a lot of people around the show um, still in park mode. Right. Uh, and you know, it was great catching up with friends. We saw, again, our friends from Skyline Attractions and from B&M and Gershlauer, Ride Entertainment, Intimate. You know, we got to interact with everybody. Uh, we have some great, great guests lined up over the next several months uh, that want to come on and talk about their different facets in the amusement industry. Uh, so we're really excited about that. It's been a very successful show. Um, Don, do you have any final thoughts? You know, just a great time down here, uh, you know, at IAPA and uh, just seeing all the different, uh, you know, suppliers uh, that are out there and just some of the new innovations, but also, you know, as you mentioned with, with, with Tom Revy and Philadelphia, uh, toboggan coasters, just some of the old, uh, you know, that old styles that have been around forever too. Uh, just really just so much to see, so much to do, and I'm glad we had a chance to have enough time here to take it all in. Yeah, it's uh, my feet ache, my back aches, my uh, calves ache. Uh, that's kind of the life of any convention, let alone the one that's this big. How are you feeling physically, Don? Aside from almost falling asleep at the table here. You know, okay. I mean, you know, you, you know it's going to be, you know, a grueling uh, three days. And, and we're not, you know, if you're just here to just kind of look around, you know, you can pace yourself a little bit different. Uh, but for us, this was actually a work week for us. Right. We had a lot to, to accomplish, you know, coming in that we were looking to do. And I, I think, you know, we checked all the boxes pretty much on what we wanted to do and maybe a little bit more. And, you know, as you mentioned, a lot of the guests that we've been able to line up for future podcasts, I think everyone's going to really enjoy the next, you know, basically three to four months uh, that we have outlined now for you on the Attractions Group podcast. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
ride manufacturers, we've got uh, safety people, we've got uh, a guy that makes snow in the summer. We got we got that all coming yeah. up. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil too much, but I'm really excited about the next several months of the podcast, aren't you? Very excited about it, you know. And the thing that really, you know, kind of caught me a little bit by surprise, Ryan, and, and I know I think it did you too, was the number of people that came up to us that told us they listened to the podcast, you know, they enjoy the podcast. And we're not just talking, you know, coming from the you know the, the enthusiast group there i mean we're talking people who are some pretty big names in the industry yeah there were uh high-end journalists and uh people work for manufacturers for part we had somebody uh, i'm not going to name names here but somebody that's a pretty high member of uh it's like a park organization a you know a company and they came up to introduce themselves saying that they love the podcast i think that was really cool yeah i mean that surprised me i mean I, you know you, you never know who's listening yeah and uh one of the things we wanted to be about was, you know, a podcast for the industry, about the industry. And uh, that told me that we were heading in the right direction with it, with the feedback that we got about the podcast this week. I agree. You know, and always, you know, if you have your feedback for us, feel free to tweet us at attractions underscore GRP, as always. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Don, let's talk about the, the show overall, the last three days. Below expectations, add expectations, exceed expectations. Where would you put it? I think exceed expectations, you know, coming off still a couple of years ago, the pandemic, not knowing how that was, you know, still impacting, you know, some parts of the industry. But, you know, you come down here, the vibe is that, uh, you know, it's as close to normal as it's been in a long time, you know. And I think just talking to a number of the manufacturers, they all felt, you know, good about the vibe, you know, the interest level that was there. and. You know, just, you know, I don't know what, 30-something thousand people, you know, attended this week. So it's good to see that, uh, you know, things are rebounding and it's getting back to normal again in our industry. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because that was the theme of today, I would say. Uh, because I would say that probably 15 to 20 percent of the people we talked to said it feels so good to be back after the pandemic. So I would probably say from a social standpoint, the, the pandemic is in the past in this industry as of IAPA 2022. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything's you know full throttle, looking ahead now for everybody, and I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, would you come back next year? Absolutely. You know, I think we have to make this an annual event, and uh, you know, you talked about before did it exceed my expectations. You know, yeah. I mean, I, it'd been several years since I've been here, and it was just kind of as a, you know a park fan and just kind of taking my time looking around. It was just a one day type of thing, but uh, you know. You really get uh, a chance to immerse yourself in just everything out there about the attractions industry. It's not just, you know, the theme parks, you know, that are out there. You got the family entertainment centers and uh, the arcades and, you know, all of those kind of things that we had a chance to, to see. And there's a lot of cool things out there, you know, across the board. Uh, and a lot to be excited about. Uh, you know, I think the future looks very bright for the attractions industry. I agree. And um, I, I think that. You know, there, there are certain things that you learn when you come here. Uh, the number one one was, I mentioned on the last two, uh, you know, day wrap-up special editions, is that you don't realize how many hands are in it for the industry. Because you think that if you buy if you buy a roller coaster, then, you know, Intamin supplies that, B&M supplies that. But, no, the air gates come from somewhere. The restraints sometimes come from somewhere. The braking systems come from somewhere. The wheels come from somewhere. They're all represented here. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I would say that another point that is really interesting is you don't realize how big and wild the FEC industry is. I would say a third of the floor is FEC-related stuff. That was a little bit of a surprise uh, to me, just yeah. how big that was. You know, I knew they'd have a little bit of representation here, but not as much as they they did. And, uh, 
you know, and it's just, you know, fun to look at all the different things that are out there and not just focus on the thrill rides. I agree, you know, and the thrill rides have their place, and it seems like, um, you know, when you have big manufacturers, you have your B&Ms and your Intamins, uh, they're here for a different reason than a lot of the other people, because if somebody wants to build a B&M coaster, they reach out to them, and they don't see you at a booth and be like, you know what, I'm going to go with that. I, let's be honest here. You know, that's just not the way the world works. Um, they're here to, you know, meet with the clients, have face-to-face -face time with them, and get a little bit of press coverage with the train releases and uh, train unveils and stuff yeah. like that. But FECs, like, they're, you know, there's there's the VR and the augmented reality and all that stuff. That was a huge theme this year where it was showcasing, and they're like, hey, come back next year, and this is going to be everywhere. And, you know? and, you know, Ryan, when we look around the floor, everybody's, you know, busy meeting with clients and, you know, they're trying to get uh, deals done, trying to, you know, let everyone know, you know, what their products are about. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, want to thank everyone who took the time out uh, to meet with us, talk with us, uh, share what they're doing. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, and like I said, everybody, you know, has been super busy down here. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, it, it's funny because if if I had a company where, you know, whether or not we're profitable next year may rely on this show. If somebody like me came up and said, hey, can I do a 10 minute interview? I'd tell them to buzz off. And I expected like a lot of that. Yeah. You know, I expected them to be like, yeah, we appreciate it, but no. Uh, and it's funny because uh, so nearly everybody we talked to either said, OK, yeah, let's do it right now or. All right, uh, we're really busy right now. Tomorrow at 10. You know, that was really nice. And then even uh, one or two said, you know, we have a policy where we can't allow that because if I'm talking to you and a client comes in, they may walk away. Completely understandable. Both of those people that said that said, let me give you my business card. Let's do it for real. Let's do a real podcast over Skype. So that's super exciting. You know, yeah. that's just what the industry is all about, isn't it? It is. It you is. Know? You know, I walked by one of the booths you're talking about right there, and they even uh, said something like, uh, you know, we look forward to talking with you on your podcast. Uh, so, uh, you know, here it is a couple of days later. They remember those conversations with us and, uh, you know, just really excited about, uh, you know, what we have going on, Ryan, over the next several weeks. Yeah, absolutely. So... Looks like the last day of IAP is in the books, Don. It's in the books. It's been a good time. You know, uh, lived up to all the expectations, exceeded it. And now, you know, we just look forward to, you know, doing this again next year at this time. And we hope everybody enjoyed the content that uh, we put out there. I, I think one of the things we introduced here that uh, we found had pretty good engagement was those YouTube shorts. And, uh, you know, we'll try to find ways to keep that uh, as part of what we're doing. It's a little difficult when you're not on site somewhere to do right. a lot of that. But, uh, you know, we'll try to figure something out. But, uh, you know, I think that was a lot of fun, to, to a fun way to showcase, you know, what we were seeing on the floor. Yeah, I mean, with the shorts, it was just something flashy, bright and colorful that seemed to work. So that's a lesson learned. And that's kind of the story of the industry. So lots of stuff like that. You may see a lot from King's Island from us, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> So, any final thoughts, Don? You know, I think, uh, like I said, it was a good time, and, you know, look forward to doing it again next year, and uh, just really excited about what we accomplished down here, Ryan, and, you know, we kept talking about it for months. This is our goal. This is what we need to do. This is where we need to be by that time, and, uh, you know, we checked a lot of boxes. I agree. I, I don't think the show could have gone much better for us, you know, so... Um, well, thanks once again. Thanks to everyone who engaged with us. Uh, we appreciate you following our content and 
putting up with our stupid tweets and so on. And uh, once again, on Twitter, attractions underscore GRP, trying to keep you in the loop. Search for the Attractions Group podcast on YouTube uh, and uh, on your favorite podcast apps. So from Orlando, Florida, thanks for listening.